if I had to rewind and say, okay, who would I, where would I have gone to survive? Where did I belong? Right. I belonged like with a traveling circus based upon how <laughs> the construct is. Right. You know, because, because literally it was like misfits in society. So when people can't understand, you know, and this is not pop, part of the norm, you know, it's like, huh, what? Wait, 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 wait. So even if an individual asks you a question, they've already answered based upon their own comfort. So it's like, what's the point of you speaking? Hello, and welcome to the Authentic Wednesday podcast. Each week, my guest and I share our vulnerable behind the scenes stories of giving ourselves permission to take off our masks, let go of expectations, and embrace our own path of freedom and authentic connection. I am your host, Bianca Hughes, a lover of authenticity. Hello and welcome to the Authentic Wednesday podcast. I am your host, Bianca Hughes. So glad you can be here to join me on the podcast. It is episode 56 of the podcast and I have a guest on the podcast today. Going to get into a really good conversation. My guest today is Wayne Light Brown and he goes by the name of Light. He is the founder of Optimistic Mindsets and also the founder and owner of Above of being average. He is an executive coach based in New York City. Fun facts about Light Brown. His grandmother gave him the name Light. He has personally painted over 100,000 airbrush shirts. He bought out his campus bookstore one semester in college and he also once lived in a mall store with his dog. However, he did own the store. So let's go ahead and get into this conversation as Light really shares some interesting truths and an experience in his life growing up. Hello, Light, and welcome to the Authentic Wednesday podcast. Good day. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So it is a pleasure to have you on here. And um, I'm really, really excited about the topic that we're going to discuss because I think it's so good for so many men, especially black men. So tell me my favorite question and the question I always like to ask my guests, what does authenticity mean to you? Uh, one word answers or <laughs> elaborate answers, right? Elaborate, elaborate. <laughs> right, elaborate. Uh, the short answer is, is, you know, like keeping it real, right? But uh, the elaborate answer I would say to authenticity is first being true to yourself and then then being true in your expression to others, right? So, you know, so when every, anytime someone asks me the question of authenticity, I think my grandfather, right? He always says, "To the own self, be true." Right? You know, when you look in the mirror, and and uh, I've learned that, um, you know, real and authenticity can be is is different, right? Because you can have a real fake, <laughs> mm. right? You know, like, and then you. Authentic means that it's a hundred percent genuine. Um, it's not counterfeit, right? You know, so it's it's genuine again. I love that. I love you make the distinction between real and authentic. Tell me, how did you come to that? The, to make the distinction, was that important for you? You know, I think so. You know, you, you hear the term "keep it real," keep it real, and. I, anytime I would hear that, I would actually laugh 
Yeah, Mike, that's interesting. So now when you say 100%, right, when, when someone say keeping it 100, that, that is really saying it's like 100% authentic, right? So that's really how I interpret interpreted that, that communication. And, you know, I'm from New York City, so you can see a lot of, you know, uh, real fake things, <laughs> you know, and, and then when you, when you put something authentic next to something that that's a copy, right. That's a, like, that's a real copy of something, you know, whether it's a person or a physical item, then that's, that, that's kind of shaped my, my, um, my mindset of, of the framework for authentic. And then, you know, then I think about, um, authenticity as an individual and, and then being right. So that, that means that, uh, for me, from from a place of being authentic means in the face of a moment, no matter what situation you're in, if you're nervous, you can be you can own right? you can own that nervous. If you're upset, right, you own that upset. If you're joyful, if you're, you're you know, whatever the, the, the polars of emotions, right, you're in that space. So I, I look at it from 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 that. Gen- again, like I, every time I hear uh, you say authentic, I'm thinking uh, genuine. Mm. Mm. and I love yeah I love that that's so such a good analogy and also what I'm hearing you say is what we say all the time is that authentic doesn't necessarily mean that everything is okay (laughs) exactly yes yes right you know and our reality reality has its polars right I, I like to consider myself an optimist and and one of the mis- misconceptions of many of, of optimists is that you can't actually acknowledge what's so. So what's so is actually authentic. So, you know, we look at we look at the world, we look at hardships, we look at, you know, right, the the um, the unpleasant, the unpleasant of life. Right. And, you know, we give meaning to what's unpleasant or what's ugly, you know, all these these meanings. But there's things that don't work for our for our, our spirit. Like when you see. When you see poverty, you know, when you see infliction, right, right, that's authentic, right? When you see pain, pain is, is authentic. You, you know, you, you can't fake, you can't fake pain, mm. right? Like, you know, um, you know, I also, I, the other polar, right, opposite of pain is like joy, laughter. I mean, to the point that you, you snort, you, you know, you, you <laughs> like, I mean, you know, the randomness, right? People pass gas, they fart, you know, <laughs> why are they laughing? And you, you can't fake that, right? That That's what I'm talking about when I say authentic. It's the part, like, you're not concerned about how things look or, or you know, in that space. Mm, I love it. I love it. See, I feel like, you know, sometimes I wonder if I can, or get a definition and be tired of hearing people's definition of authenticity. And I've been doing this for over a year now and I'm never, ever tired because it just always is constantly evolving. So I, I appreciate that. So being an, I like that being an optimist optimist doesn't mean you don't look at what's not happening. Um, I guess when I'm thinking optimism, people are like, well, just focus on this. But what I'm hearing you say is focus on it all, like what's happening and then how can we look at it another way? Is that what you meant by that? Yes. Optimism is a choice. Okay. So it's you being present in the moment and then being able to choose. Okay. Okay. 
So have you always been authentic and optimistic? To, to, I would say yes, right? And I can also say that I've also had, had guarded components of my life as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's what has, that's what keeps has kept me alive, truthfully. Being guarded or being? No, being optimistic. Being optimistic? Being, yeah, being, being, being okay. authentic and optimistic, right? And any time that I have been moments, right, if I've, I've been fake or trying to, you know, be something that I'm not, oh, it shows up and it doesn't work for me. Mm. How do you believe, how has it kept you alive? What is it about those components that have kept you alive? Uh, so for me, like, I, you know, I'm from New York City, mm-hmm. right? A kid from the 80s, 90s. And, and it's, oh my, I can't believe I'm saying this, right? But, <laughs> but it, um, like from a, on a professional platform, right? So I grew up in an era where, where you kind of would get punched in the face if you were faking, right? If you were fronting. Wow. You know, okay. And, 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 and re, you know, even to the point of anything that was like inauthentic, you know, there was, there was, um, there was accountability, right? So if I, I'm, <laughs> I'm bringing language to this, right? There was accountability to it. We didn't, we didn't look at it that way, but someone was holding you to account. Like, you know, like be, be, be proud, be, um, own, Mm. you know, own what you are, own, you know, own your, your wholeness. Mm. And, and interesting enough, authenticity then operated in a world of, of fake. Who, who would ever think? Mm. Like the cover up, you know? So. Wow. <laughs> that's an interesting way to look at getting punched in your face as accountability, but that's what it taught you. As a, as a kid. I mean, you know, it never happened. That never happened to me, but but when you seeing that, like, you know, you, you ooh, like okay, so you know, it's kind of like, hey, honesty is the best policy, right? Mm. Like, so, so understanding that. Wow. Yeah. So talking about honesty, you were really honest. I just want to let everyone know he was so honest the other day. Um, <laughs> I always like to share where I meet people or how I hear about people. So, can, I be, uh, can I be authentic? All right. Yes. So, so, you know, the other part about being authentic is, right, so I think about this. My grandmother would tear my behind her for lying. So, so you know, it's like, okay, I was the only, grew up, grew up, I was the only child. So I couldn't blame it on somebody else, really. Uh-huh. And then, you know, it, it, so when you ask, like, has it been the whole time? I'm like, yeah, as much <laughs> as I, I could really remember yeah oh yeah so he shared um this amazing thing about himself that really kind of stuck out and I think that that's just part of you being authentic and and being real is you said I was ashamed of my father until I became a father and so you know shame is really crippling and it impacts us in so many different ways but then when it comes to a parent that's even bigger because they're so pivotal 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 in our life see um, jiggy, jiggy, jiggy. <laughs> <laughs> like a DJ. i know <laughs> um what was it or what were those things that made you realize man I'm ashamed of my father. 
so just to rewind it, like, so bottom line, right? My, my dad was a drag queen. <clears throat> so, you know, I'm, uh, I'm 42 years old. I just turned 42, you know, a few, a few days ago, last week, actually. Uh, and uh, I be I became a biological father at 33 years old. And, and I guess something happened from a point of transformation. Like, and just to rewind, my dad was my, that was my dude. That was my ace. So if you had to ask me between my mom and my dad, like who I loved more, I chose my dad. And, and my dad wasn't really in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and then as well, and, and, you know, short too, like my, my mother's been incarcerated most of my life. So both of my parents are gay and lesbian. So ah. dad is a drag queen. My, my mom looks, look, you know, my mother looks like a dude, right? If I showed you a picture, you know, and I showed you, if I showed you a picture, even when I showed my own son, he thought it was, he saw a picture between me and my mom. He thought it was my dad. But now he, he knows because I told him, but now mm-hmm. my dad is deceased. So my dad passed when I was 10. <clears throat> so for me, um, because he passed at 10, I didn't really have to deal with like the, the outward, you know, um, reality that my dad was one gay and then my dad was a drag queen. So, you know, I'm Afro-Caribbean Latino. That's not right. So, so you, when we're speaking about authentic, right. My parents, my parents lived their They, they lived their best life. They were outwardly, you know, right gay and lesbian or by today's right by today's classification like by transgender right how they look so you know by how like how they appear to others um but for me right mom is mom dad is dad although i don't really remember a whole lot of them being together so and then the memories that i do have of them two together aren't like the best ones right so so for my dad you know it was, um, for me, I was like, yo, how could this, you know, I was like, my mom was like, how could this dude dress, like, how could he be a woman? Like, like I, I never really, like, gave it a whole lot of thought because I just didn't, like, it was like, it's my father, he's deceased, he's somebody that I know he loved me, he took care of me, you know, everything that I heard from anybody in my life was only pleasant things. So, so when I looked at my son, when he was born and I was going through challenges, um, uh, I was going through personal issues when my son was born. Um, me and my son's mom split, uh, you know, there were infidel- infidelity issues and I wasn't sure if my son was mine. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, so while going through that, that process of like, okay, I have the example of a, of a father, right. That loved me, but you know, and, and provided for me, but then died, right? Mm-hmm. Then, but then dude was a woman in the world, right? Like that's how, <laughs> that's wow. how it, it resonated in my mind. And nobody talked, nobody really wanted to talk to me about this. Mm-hmm. And, and then my experience was, you know, I don't know if any, you remember the movie E.T., right? Yeah. So as a kid, yeah. I learned early just, um, you know, I had this expression like you figure it out because if I explained it, people will look at me or start to ostracize me. Mm. And so this is to think this, this is in the eighties. This was eighties and nineties. 
the 80s, 80s and, and 90s. 90s. So it's a whole lot different than it is right. today. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you, you know, you will hear the term, you know, oh, your father's a faggot. Your father, you know, like your mom is a is a butch. She's a dyke, you know, right. And whoever's listening to this, excuse me, but I'm just giving you, I'm giving you the real raw of how, how you would hear, I would hear certain things. And for me, mm-hmm. because my parents were, their life, I, I got a chance to really look and see who people truly are because, right, I look normal, right? You know, I call it like, remember remember the movie, uh, the show, The Addams Family, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? The Addams Family. So all of them were like monsters, Frankenstein, uh, the wolf. And then there was like one cousin and she was the human, right? So so, so when I watched The Addams Family, like that, that kind of gave me a little... Um, it gave me like a strategic plan on how to navigate slightly mm. like early. Cause I said, okay, you know what? It depends on the, the eye of the beholder. I'm curious though. You learned to navigate, mm-hmm. but did that help deep down inside? Because there's one thing to learn to navigate and there's one thing to heal. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. It took all oh, the healing so it's just serious. It was out of mind, out of sight, really. Mm. So, so like again, like I shared, the the aspect for me was was my parents weren't in my my life every single day. So, so you know that the expression takes a village to raise a child. I went through that. Ex- I went through that experience, and and then um, right pointing back to your first question, you know. So looking at my son started the the quest for me to really look and say, okay, wow, you know what? This man I love, but I actually was ashamed of him. Now, uh, in my, maybe in my twenties, maybe in my twenties, I remember I was in <laughs> actually, um, yeah, I was, I was in my twenties. I, th- I was living in California at the time um, and not a personal development work, right? You know, so I've, I've done work on myself. Uh, mm-hmm. tremendous like personal development even you know counseling um you know spiritual retreats um like i've my life has been cons- consistently uh self development and and peeling back layers so so like this is ironic we're here the space that i'm at is like I, for the last 12 years i've been looking for pictures of my father in, in drag but no one would want to, want to give it to me because i want like i was at a point where i said i want to see him this way and accept him right so i had always accepted him in my heart but i didn't want to see it visually what was the what was the concern or was there a fear if you saw it visually so it wasn't a fear uh, so like i said i mean truth is i didn't and it, <laughs> simultaneous it's like it's not comfortable walking down the street you know and people looking at you like weird it's like, you know, you think about when you look at, um, if I had to rewind and say, okay, who would I, where would I have gone to survive? Where did I belong? Right. I belonged like with a traveling circus based upon how (laughs) the construct is. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, because, because literally it was like misfits in society. So when people can't understand, you know, and this is not part of the norm, you know, it's like, huh? What? Wait, 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 wait. So even if an individual asks you a question, they've already answered based upon their own comfort. So it's like, what's the point of you speaking? Hmm. So did you shut down a lot? Yeah. 
yeah. Yeah. So I, I shut down, uh, like I said, it just, for me, it, it, it was, um, like, it wasn't easy. I mean, like I, I was someone, one of the things I learned to do was, um, to cope. I think I protected anyone who, who got picked on. So I was like, you know, the hypersensitivity, uh, I, I couldn't stand bullies and I was a little guy too. So I learned, I learned, I learned at an early age, um, you know, don't, um, be, beware, right. You know, there's a difference between, uh, danger, like be aware and beware, like danger or caution. So it's two different. So I learned, you know, I learned the difference between those, um, those two, I say different lanes. Wow. That's a lot of navigating. Yeah, it is too much. Yeah. And you were how old? This has been all my life. Right, that was always all my life. So you know, and and then you know you take the you take the aspect like you know my mom, um, my mom was a recovering addict, in and out of jail. You know, so like thirty two years out of my my forty two years of life mm-hmm. now, like currently still. So, so would would you say that was a lot of survival mode? I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. For sure you know, for, for sure. Um, and, and like I said, I, I, elders, right. Community. I mean, prayers, like I, I just had, I, I believe I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a person of faith. I know that, uh, that, that nothing happens by chance. Like even this, this, um, us having this interview, because if you asked me a year ago, I would have probably still spoke and you would have heard a lot of the anger still there at certain points. Because it's it's a lot of it's layers of acceptance, right? It's just layers of mm-hmm. acceptance, and and the biggest piece for me was was people project like projection. Do not project anything onto me. So my biggest thing was like I'm not my parents, right? Like like that's their lifestyle. Like that's not me, mm-hmm. you know. So and and then and then you know I just I people come to me with with you know, with their, with their secrets. I'm, I'm using, that's the word, right? With their secrets. And I had to learn, um, probably took up until maybe my 40th birthday that I had to learn, like, you know what? Um, yes, there's privacy and there's secrets. You keep your own secrets. Like, I don't want none of them. Right. You know, but then it's a, then, then there's an honor to be someone that can be entrusted, you know, but it's like, nah, if that's your burden, look, let me help you out. You go handle that. yeah i love that i always share that with people like this well i share um the difference between secrecy and privacy Mm -hmm. and then the difference between privacy and authenticity Mm -hmm. and um yeah i I think yeah so i always share that with people like i'm very authentic but i'm also private because there's people in my life that you don't need to know about because that's their life. That's not exactly. my life. So that's private. And I think that, yeah, we have to understand that that's the difference. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Just like with the secrets too. Like I understand if you don't want to tell the world, but if you're like, no, don't tell no one, this is like, you know, and they're putting you in the middle, then then that's different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. So I heard the word anger with some of the feelings that you have experienced. 
Um, and of course, shame. Were there any other feelings or emotions that you struggled with? Uh, love, right? Love too. You know, it's the pole of it, right? Love. Because love can be dangerous, right? Because, you know, you po- you look at it from a point of like, oh, no, right? The, the rejection factor, right? For me, it was like, um, I mean, the amount of people I have in my life, the love that, like the amount of love, the, I mean, great, the people I attract, it's like, it can become over, it can become overwhelming mm-hmm. at times, right? And then I have to remember, it's abundance, right? There's, and then I have to channel in myself, um, you know, make create a bigger plate right your heart love is infinite you know mm-hmm. okay look at look at the plate of your heart that means right now oh you got capacity expand right like you know like opening up so so that's that's part of what i've seen that has allowed so much um like just just dopeness i mean phenomenal things to happen in my life for me to just to be able to to you know how people say like live out loud right people say some people say laugh out loud but i'm like live out loud because i know what it was to use laughter as a deflection. So, you know, at a point where it's like, okay, you know what? I'm feeling pain through this. So I'm laughing things out. So I think, and, and, and also, um, you know, being authentic and being honest will get me in trouble a lot because other people can't handle the truth. You know how, how what's that citizen Kane? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, Yeah. Yeah, because the truth means once you hear the truth, like, especially if you don't want to do something with it, it's like, I don't need you to tell me right now. <laughs> For real. <laughs> so, you know, once your son came into the world, how do you feel like that changed you? Like, what were some of the thoughts in it you had or the experiences that had that began to change you? Oh man, like it's my dude. Uh, so, so let me just rewind. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through two experiences um, in my fatherhood journey um, when I was a teenager. You know, I had an older, um, had a you know, older friend, right? <laughs> She's older than me, <laughs> and um, right, and I had a little trauma from it because she had told me that she was pregnant and she told me that the condom broke. Right. So like for me, I had this promise, like I won't have a kid, you know, I, truth is I didn't want to have, right. Truth is I didn't want to have kids because, because of how my life was. I was like, you know what, yo, this world is crazy. Why should I bring any kids into this world? Right. And then, but then I believe, um, I believe when, when that happened, I, I still believe that that was a divine like intervention. People were like, what do you mean? Because I at fifteen, it was like maybe fifteen. Telling myself here, but I was um I was in a space where where maybe you should call it adolescence. Um, my mother was incarcerated. Um, you know, I, I I wasn't sure who I could really believe and trust. You know, and so it was like one day it was like all right, you know what you. Are we building life or tomorrow is like where well, life is destroyed right now? What you know, I wasn't like, wasn't on drugs or nothing like that, but it was just like it that's what life looked like. So, and then I found refuge in a relationship, and and then you know, that didn't work. So, I found out you know, years later, and I kept kind of kept it hid, hidden from my grandfather. I was like, if he finds out, I'm gonna get kicked out of this house, right? Mm. You know, it's like, so I was like, year and a half, and then found out that. 
um, wasn't my kid. And it kind of broke my heart. But then it was like, oh, you dodged a bullet. Yes. Now I can live my life. Right. So that's what it was. That's really what it was. Wow. And, and then, but within that two year period, it had me starting to think about future. Right. So I always share people. I was like, you know, I had a veil, like, um, you know, interesting, optim- optimistic, but still navigating through conversations like, well, you know, you're not going to see 16. You're not going to see 18. You're not going to live to be 21. You're not going to live to 25. Right. So that that conversation of the the, the young black man. You yeah. Know, so like that conversation, I'm, I was always looking to defy that that stereotype. And and then. um. So once I did defy those stereotypes, went to college, um, my college uh, sweetheart at the time, uh, we were together for a few years and uh, she got pregnant. And then she then she chose to have an abortion and it wasn't my choice. And it, it broke my heart. Like it, mm. it shattered me. You know, it was like I it was like, you know, I had bought into like the the, you know, the happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And and. You know, when I shared in the beginning, I said, hey, I, I moved to California. Um, you know, I, I went through a period of of healing. Right. Like it, it took it took a minute. It took a minute to like just go through that healing process because really like future legacy was killed off. So it's like, you know, you, you finally surrender into it. And then I then I was like this being. Uh, wow. You got me choked up for a second. It's so OK. I, Take your I time. Can, I can phrase it now. So I was trying to do the noble thing. So noble, like nobility has always had me in being like a martyr or being in harm's way. Um, But disguised um, where, where I didn't understand the difference between being honorable, which is of your word and nobility is, is the martyr. And, 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 you know, it's, it's taken years. So I've, I've learned that like through, um, to having my son now, because I was like, okay, you know, how do I raise him? You know, be a man, be right, be a man of your word. And yes, you can be chivalrous. Yes, you can, you know, you can have these factors that are honorable, right? But but somewhere, someone kind of slipped us this this nobility code, <laughs> and then we become sacrificial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow! Thank you so much for sharing that. Um... I know that was tender. We don't always hear about from the guy, their experience and feelings surrounding abortion and to say yep. that it shattered you, you know, I, I get, it's crazy. I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm, I'm sitting in Planned Parenthood and, and listening to the, um, the counselor say, wow, you're such a supportive, you know, boyfriend. I'm like, I don't want to be here. Like, she wants to be, I'm like, I'm supposed to support her with this and I'm here and, you know, and then still be consoling. And, you know, so it, it just, you know, so, and it, what it did was, and it, it, it taught me, it taught me how much like power, you know, the, my, my, the construct of power in my mind showed me, right. Like not a victim. Right. So, at the point I felt like a, I felt defeated from a point of a victim, right? Like, like I have no say or control over this part, like this hurt. But then I realized that power of the difference between man and woman, I said, wow, ultimately men, we don't have power over life. Right. And, 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 
And I think from there, then that's when my life, I started to really, things started to, to change different. Like it was almost like anything I touched manifested, anything I thought, you know, became effortless. You know, it was like, cause this construct that I was living in was, um, was, was something that my, my mom gave me like this false facade of what a man is. Hmm. Cause my mom was living a, a false reality, right? Like, like, I'm like, you know, I used to tell her like, you're not, you're not, a, you're not a dude. You're not a man. Hmm. Gosh, you just like hit something. You said something very powerful that made me think. And anyway, this is the podcast. So sometimes we go sideways, but you said, <laughs> um, you said you realized that a man does not have power over life. Like no. you realize. And so it made me think um, about abortion mm. and it being legal and the fight to make it, um, you know, make the changes around abortion and where it is illegal and things like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm not in the for abor- or not camp because for me right. it's just very it's very messy and mm-hmm. I'm not gonna tell anyone what to do. But it made me think that men designs the laws. I know there's God. So everyone's mm-hmm. gonna say, where are you a Christian? Yeah, I know there's God. <laughs> but men design the laws. Okay. Mm-hmm. And everyone says do not kill. I get that. I'm a Christian, I believe I get it, but abortion is messy. And so it just makes me think that Men design the law, and right. I just wondered if, you know, they know they don't have power over life, so let me try and get this sense of power over life in terms of- Oh, I believe it. Illegal. it. It just made me think that was just, does that make mm-hmm. sense? Does that- Oh, 100%. I, I mean, uh, so, you know, and, and not to segue from anything we're speaking about, but there's a great book out there called Killing the Black Body. Mm-hmm. And it, it and it it's the whole history of of contraception and 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 just um all of that <laughs> right all of that stuff right it's called killing the black body and I, I remember reading you know that book and getting that book to then you know give my my ex at the time to read right because like okay and 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 let me let me just rewind and say what what made it even more impactful was I remember her being on the, the dep- depo shot. I mean, uh, the the depot mm-hmm. implant. And I was like, no, you don't have to use that. Right. So that's when I bought the book. Cause I'm like, I'm, I've always been conscious about what you, you know, what you put in your mind, what you put in your body then produces has this impact. So, so for me to go through that experience, like, okay, she got off of the, the depot. And then also, you know, we're using protection. And then one time out of three years together, this kind of breaks. So I'm like, wow. This way, you know, this was meant to be. And so, like, I wanted to just give an understand, like, and, and you know, I remember, like, it was like, okay, we was going through our differences. You know, she was a basketball player, and I was like, okay, you know, like, I'm about to finish school. You still have some time. So it's like, I don't, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, I'm here. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, this is not what we planned, but we, you know, we good. Yeah. But it, but, you know, people, what I learned is, Again, people choose what people choose, right? And and I went through a I went through a, a phase of I remember my grandmother my grandmother told me, She's like, Baby, 
She's at, uh, she's at, that's not on you. Mm. Right. That's what she's like. That's not on you. And, and, and that comforted me. Right. Mm-hmm. It, comforted, it comforted me. She's like, that's not on you. <clears throat> and, and then I also remember, you know, in that space too, just having other family members, women that I wanted to have them speak to support her because she, you know, she didn't, like, I remember she didn't have someone to support her, you know, mm. through the conversation. So, you know, and it kind of segues into like the conversations what I was sharing about like with my parents. I believe that their lifestyles came from not having support. Mm. So how, I'm, that's interesting. What makes you say that? Um, because, right, you, so, so I, you know how the Wizard of Oz, you get to see what goes on on the back. Yeah, I get to, and, and I'm. I know people are not gonna like this when when if they hear this, but but people need to hear this. So there's some real wicked people out here in this world, really wicked, right? You know. So for me, how I sum this up, I always told my mom. I said if I could, if I had the DeLorean and I could go back in time and kick whoever's behind, whatever that man was, whoever that man that hurt you. I would. Mm. Right. So I know that, you know, there was a man in my mother's life that impacted her that, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, like I know, I just know that's what I know as a fact. So, but then I don't know if that had an impact on her sexuality or not, you know? So, so I remember at a point, right. um, Maybe it was about 26 or 27. We was playing a game of pool. And, and, um, she was start. she was getting ready to tell me and she, and then she just shut down on me. I'm like, yo, we've getting ready to have this authentic moment. <laughs> and, and then, right. And, 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 um, and then the flip side of it was, you know, on my dad's side, I knew what it was to kind of live with his mom for a minute. And, and then I knew, I know my, like, I know. Like I've done the, the work, I've done the history learning, like I'm the historian. I've I've answered the the unsolved questions. I've I found my mom's dad, connected her with her dad, found family. So it's like tremendous work I've done. Uh to like to to you know put back pieces, right? So it was like, all right, I figured if I can put the pieces back to help my parents, then they could help me, you know, at the same time, right? Because but then I, I found out my dad's origins came from you know, uh, just some some real um, unhealthy, toxic beginnings, right? From like two two to three generations, you know, prior. And my grandmother wanted a daughter, right? And my grandmother wanted a daughter. That's that's re- like re- for real. And you and that's you mean your dad's mom, your paternal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I was like yo, like I was a kid, I used to get I used to get in trouble because I'm like I'm not my dad. Like I like girls. Like, like, I used to, <laughs> like it was just. Crazy. Yeah. My, yeah. my grandfather used to have my back. He, he like he had my back. He's like boy diplomacy. <laughs> <laughs> so you try to put your your parents' lives together in a way to help them to help you, but it seems yeah. that not a big part that did help you was your son. Yeah. What a you know maybe two or three ways that your son helped you where perhaps your parents didn't, and you know really in particular helped you with that shame. I think the most recent, so my son is nine, 
He's in mm-hmm. fourth grade now. Yeah, fourth grade. <laughs> yeah, I had to do him with a parent. was like third or fourth, right? Fourth grade. He goes to like a progressive school. It was like, it's like, uh, first, it's a, you heard the side, right? You heard the side come out of me. It was like, okay. So so I was reliving the fact that it's like reality is your kid is here. So the real part is about reality. Like you have to, you cannot avoid, you can't avoid it. You, you can't just deflect it or defer it. So that that's the main thing. And what my son has, has really empowered me around is like, you know, I have family members. Uh, like I, I love my family, but I have family members that's close to me. Like I said, I've been asking for my dad's picture because I believe in authenticity because God, you know, whatever, whatever the path is for my son, he needs to have transparency. Right? We were speaking about secrets. Secrets are destructive to the mind, right? To the soul, right? To the community, because it, it, it's the breakdown of trust. So when you, so when you don't know, right? So then that's the gateway for, for fear, right? That's the gateway for deception. That's the gateway for doubt. That's the gateway for insecurities, right? For all of these, these other, you know, germs, right? And, you know, cancers, right? Like all of these little COVIDs, right? If you, that's why you got to call it, right? That's, that's what it is because it, 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 it destroys us in relationship. Mm-hmm. And we're meant to, uh, we're, we're, we're wired for relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I shared with someone before I said, right. So I'm going to give an example. What we project as a toxic relationship between two people, right? You know, have, have you ever seen two drunk people at a bar? Yeah. Right. Right. Two drunk people at a bar, right. You know, hooking up, they have integrity because they both out of their mind with each other. Mm. Right. Cause they both, and they're both inebriated states and they're in that same wave of euphoria. Now in the morning, how would they wake up? then they got to deal with that conversation. But then when you look at, you know, you have, right, people who are, you know, <clears throat> who find each other in a clear, healthy, you know, holistic space, right? They, that that has integrity because you get to communicate. So I said, and why I use that example of, because when I just pointed to um, like a, a bar hookup, right? Mm-hmm. Right. We would view that as like something that's not healthy or toxic per se, per se right? It would, be, it would be on a polar. Now, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you know, when we look at things from what works and what doesn't work, right, workability in life. And that's what I learned, you know, like, so for me, I'm like, clearly, like that two drunk people in the bar hooking up that don't need each other. That's, that's a recipe for disaster. Yet it has, it has authenticity. It has integrity in, in the world that is operating. So mm-hmm. if something gets cultivated and builds there, right? So, so what happens is I think, Many times we aren't, we are not able to step outside of our righteous, you know, view and perception to see how something may work for somebody else. That doesn't necessarily mean we have to agree and align to it, right? Like I said, I'm sharing this from like my parents, like that, that's what's giving me that, that, um, that understanding, you know, because, because then there's another space that just, just a question gives you the room to continue to grow not to doubt but to, just the inquiry so it's almost as if your son having a son and becoming a father has pushed you to think outside the box look outside the box bring in a different perspective that am i all over the place <laughs> no <laughs> no i can follow you no i can I could follow you and that um that brings a different 
perspective when you're discussing to your son or when you're sharing with your son and when you're parenting, right? Because you do have to, I mean, you don't have to, it's your choice if you have a different, if you different perspective, but if you're going to be transparent and open, which, and share your family history and share those things, your perspective is going to be different and it's going to open your eyes. So that's what I'm hearing with your son. It just brings this different perspective and this different way of looking at it. Yeah, I mean, our relationship is dope. Like, we we, we go at it like, you know, like a, a lion and a cub in here at times. But if, like, if he heard me speaking and he heard me speaking about maybe my mom, my dad around this conversation, he'll come and check and listen in to just check on my emotions around it, too. Because, because you know, um, what came out of this was we we had to speak. What, what brought me being able to speak on this this way was um, I had to advocate for him in school. I had to have, so advocating for your child. Um, and this is something I share, like, you know, kids shouldn't on an elementary level, they should not be introduced to, to these LGBTQ, you know, transgender, um, conversations, especially not without parents consent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Yanka, if you, if I could tell you how many times I've got lashed at first. Right. And so one of the things that I do is, I'm an advocate. I don't want to see any individuals, particularly any black men catching hate crimes, right? Just because, you know, it, right. From a sense of, of feeling like we have to protect our heterosexuality. Right. And I'm talking about this and I'm a, I'm the offspring. Right. And my son is right. So, you know, I went through these experiences of, of um, teachers, you know, you know, and, and um, like pronoun identification in the class, you know, you know, the kind of like, you almost confused my kid, mm. you know? So, so I've created neutral terms for my son to like, you know, okay, you, you address your instructor as, as you know, your, your teacher as instructor or professor since using a pronoun out of term, right. Can be disrespectful. Now, son, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to identify. I'm going to say to you 100% of what this is. Right. So I played a game with him at the early age which was what sound does a dog make? What sound does a cat make? Right. And I would say, well, the dog goes meow. The cat goes right. Rough, rough. Now I knew when I started to play that game with him and he's like, daddy, no, the dog goes rough, rough. And the cat goes meow. But that was me starting to lay the bricks in a foundation to then get ready to tell him about his great, his grandparents. Mm. Got it. Wow. Right. So, so, so in the cups of, of this conversation, right, there aren't many people. So I, it's like, I hope that when people hear this, that it's a beacon for other, you know, if there are other, you know, people, um, right, children out there, even if they're like in my age bracket, because there's more coming. But, but many of the young people don't, haven't done the work to have the conversations, to have the context without being reactive. And I think especially for your generation it's really important in your generation our generation i'm like the same age (laughs) i don't know what i'm thinking but our generation um and anyone's had that experience in our generation would be important because it wasn't talked about and you did have um the derogatory names and now it's different and not only on top of that, only also if you're black and then you're a black male, you weren't going to go to a counselor. You weren't going to have all this and you weren't going to have the support that the you need. 
the counselors didn't even know how to talk about it. So, you know, I speak about it from this perspective. Church ostracized me, you know, the mosque. Now, you know, then school, right? So elementary school had a counselor. Counselors, you know, kind of like dumbfounded in, in, in how to address it. And, well, here's a, here's a, a pencil and a paper. I'm a draw. I'm a phenomenal artist now. <laughs> right. And that was my escape. Um, then, and then I went to, um, I went to a Catholic high school. So teenage years, you think that we, well, you know, we're not talking about it there. So remember I shared about like those years of like, okay, we can't even talk about it. Like it's, there's not even a space for it. No, So no, there's a lot of stuff held in. Hmm? I mean, I don't, I don't really think I ever really held. It's not like I was like, okay, it's just all festering. That, that never happened. I okay. just didn't, I just didn't have to like, you know, my, my people who knew, knew, right. So I had childhood friends, like, you know, my childhood friends, like in my building, you know, people I grew up with, like in Harlem. So it's like, it wasn't like, okay, that's a full secret. But then for me, because I, I moved to different, from different households. So then that's when it got like, okay, you know what? Um, like, nah, I can't, like, it was, it was easier. My, my dad died. So I was like, okay, that's buried with him. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I'm laughing. I, I can laugh at it. Um, you know, it's not like, a, not a morbid laugh, but it, that was just, that's what it was. It was like, okay, you know what? We don't have to talk as subscribe. Like he's not here anymore. So we don't have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's just my dad. Right. And, and then, and then for me, then my, um, you know, my, my mom got, came out of jail when I was like 16. And then I thought she was, I thought she was deceased. So I went from like a certain, from like 10 to about 16, thinking that she was deceased. And this woman comes out, you know, this, right, this person comes out with a bald head. Oh no, at the time I think she had a jerry curl and a fade, you know? And I'm like, like, kind of like, who are you? And I was wow. dealing with my own issues between what me and her had. So, you know, so, you, you know, it's, it's, it's real. And then, um, I just share, you know, how to just navigating through it. You know, I had uh, stepbrothers from my mom's relationships. So to get through that component, <laughs> like me and my, my, like my brothers and sisters through the relationship, we used to be like, yo, this shit is weird. Like shit is crazy. Like that, that's how we, so we found solace in one another, but then, and excuse me for the curves of y'all. I just like I just I if when I was younger speaking because uh, I was always like authentically. I just I had trained myself not to curse at a certain point in my life because when I was a kid I I used to curse a lot as my expression about it, right? And then I self regulated myself with it. And then it was because I had I had younger people looking up to me. So from there, you know, then I had to remember. I said, you know what? No, sometimes cursing. I had to remember my words are my expression about this matter. Wow. You said a lot. So that brings me back to, not brings me back, but that makes me think of um, something I saw um, that you have written is that live your true expression. Mm-hmm. Yes. 100%. So man, you said so many great things. I could keep you on here for a longer time, but <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> we're, we're going to yeah. wrap up, but what do you want the listeners to take away what do you have something that you want them to take away if anything uh, i say the takeaway is right, drop a gem my grandfather always said to my own self be true i would also say to you to whoever's listening do the work right do the work 
And people are like, what do you mean? Do the work, right? Invest, invest in you, invest in your mind, right? Invest in your heart, invest in your soul. Um, not based upon, you know, like what society is saying, go spend time being quiet, get away from, from noise, um, turn off, turn off TV, turn off radio, get with nature and right. Take a pad with you, write a like write down questions, write down the questions, write down the hard questions. And even in that, like give yourself grace, you know, love yourself a hundred percent and know that you're a masterpiece as well as a, a work in progress. Man, there's so many great gems. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Light, for being on the podcast. I think that your story is, I always like to have people's story because there's always someone that needs to listen, even if there's one person. And if you change one person, I know there's more than one, but if you change one person, you'll change so many more. This is insane. Thank you. I'm saying the same from a point of like out of my mind, because if you know how you, 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 how you think it's going to look in your head one way is not that way. And when you're saying about authenticity, I, I just, I just got that. <laughs> I did a, I did another podcast on like, it was a business podcast, like your business MBA. And I was talking about like, it was, it was like so raw. I was like, Ooh, hold on. What happened? Where did that come from? I'm like, am I having a Dave Chappelle keeping it real go wrong moment? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I always you know? like to say whatever needs to be said needed to be said. I totally believe that. And you can have fun with, you, you can have fun healing through, you know, adversity. If you can't laugh and go through it, you know, what's the point? Okay. What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Pleasure to be a guest. If you connected with what you just heard, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You can stay connected by following the Instagram, Bianca Keisha, spelled Keisha, K-E-S-H-A, or visiting the website, AuthenticWednesday.com. Remember, authenticity is a journey, not a destination.